Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verse 5, and I want to read from the Amplified Classic. Ephesians chapter 2, I want to speak to you today on what I entitled, Living Life Like Christ. Living Life Like Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. May your word come alive here today. I pray, Lord, that you would make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer. I pray, Lord, that every heart is circumcised. And every heart receives the word, the seed. Lord, that each heart today is a good ground. The Lord, the word would not fall by the wayside. It will not fall among thorns. It will not fall into a rocky ground. But the word will fall into good ground. And Lord, it will produce a harvest in the days and the weeks and the months, even in the years to come. Let your word produce. We put pressure on your word today in faith. And Lord, we give you praise and glory for all that shall be done here today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said amen. amen. Ephesians 2 verse number 5, Amplified Classic. Even when we were dead, slain. By our own shortcomings and trespasses. He made us alive together in fellowship. And in union with Christ. He made us alive together in fellowship. And in union with Christ. He made us alive. In fellowship. And in union. He made us alive. Together. In fellowship, in union with Christ. Now that is mind-boggling. We were dead, but he reached out to us. That is why the Bible says we have been saved by grace. Somebody wrote me yesterday and he was asking me, the place of good works in salvation. And I told him, I said, listen, we don't do good works to be accepted by God. Good works does not make God accept you. The only reason God accepted you is because of Jesus. There is no place for pride. There is no place to boast. No place for boasting. The only reason we are who we are today is because of Jesus. And we must understand that without Christ, we are nothing. And it's time for us to begin to preach Christ again. And I'm not saying it to say we don't preach Christ. I'm talking to those that do not preach Christ. The message of the Bible is about Jesus. The message of the Bible is not 10 steps to your best life now. The message of the Bible is not how you can be the best. All in the natural. The message of the Bible is about one person... And his name is Jesus Christ. And when we preach Christ, everything that Christ has.
becomes ours. Because it is in Christ that we possess all that Christ has. It is in Christ that we have freedom. It is in Christ that we have liberty. It is in Christ that we have forgiveness of sin. It is in Christ that we have deliverance. It is in Christ that we have everything that God has in store for humanity. Only in Christ. Not in religion. Only in Christ. The Bible says here we were dead. And my God, we were so dead. We were so dead. But he reached down to us in our death. And he set us free. And he filled us with his spirit. And the Bible says he raised us up in union with Christ. Can I tell you, as a born again Christian, I have union with Jesus. Hallelujah. I have union with Christ. He is mine. I am his. We are united as one. You cannot separate a Christian from Jesus. Because the very life of Christ is in him. Can someone say amen? amen? And you are in him too. The Bible says in him you live. You move. And you have your being. Are you not grateful to God? That he came. He reached down to us. And he reached out to us. The Bible says in that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. The just for the unjust. You see, we were unjust. He was just. We were broke. He was blessed. We were sick. He was healthy. But he reached down to us and he took our place and he gave us his place. We were bound. He was free. He reached down to us and he gave us his freedom. Can someone say praise the Lord? The Bible says we were dead. We were slain by our sins. We were dead. We were slain by our shortcomings and our trespasses. To be honest with you, we were so dead in sin, we did not even want to have anything to do with God or his plan. Yet he still loved us. This is not love you can understand with your natural human mind. This love is overwhelming love. Come on now, say praise the Lord. We were so bad. We were so dead. We were so into sin. We did not even want to care about God. If God existed. We didn't even want to listen to him. Yet he loved us. You see he just kept pursuing after each of us. Until he got us. One day we gave him our attention. Can someone say praise the Lord. But God would not give up on anybody. I don't care how bad you are in sin. God never gives up on anybody. I'm telling you, up to the time you breathe out your last, God will keep doing everything he knows to do to reach out to you. And I'm here this morning to tell you that he's still reaching out to you. No matter the mess in your life, no matter the mess you've caused, no matter how bad and how terrible you live your life, God still loves you. And he's still reaching out and reaching down to you this morning. And the reason the message is coming today is because there is somebody here today under the sound of my voice that needs to be set free, that needs to be delivered, that needs to be brought out. The enemy has you bound, but Jesus came to set you free. 
The enemy has you in bondage. But Jesus came to break the power of the enemy over your life. You're going to walk out of this place free. You're going to walk out of this place delivered. You're going to walk out of this place full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. We were dead. I can't just get past that. We were dead. We were so dead. But my God, he loved us. He, he loved us. He cared so much for us. And he reached down and he reached out to us. We did not care about him, but he cared about us. And the Bible says he made us alive. My God, we were dead, but he made us alive. We were dead. He made us alive together in fellowship. Look at that. We have fellowship. We have fellowship with Jesus. And we are in union with Jesus. Notice what he says. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. I like that. That's the reason why I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. He gave us the life of Christ. Notice, he did not give you the life of your neighbor. He did not give you the life of Angel Gabriel. Not the life of Angel Michael. Not the life of the best human. But the life of Jesus himself. I pray that somebody will get a revelation of that today. The life that is in the believer is the very life of Christ. I said the life that is in a believer is the very life of Christ. The same new life which which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy which you did not deserve. Say it with me. I did not deserve it. But he gave it to me. You see, that is grace. I pray that people begin to understand what grace is. You did not deserve what you have today. And that is the reason why we must always be humble. That is the reason why we must always give God glory. No matter what you experience, no matter what God will do in and through your life, never touch the glory. You did not deserve it. He gave it to you because he loved you. It's a free gift. Grace is a free gift. Come on now, say praise God. And you know what you do to receive grace? Receive grace. I said, do you know what to do to receive grace? Receive grace. That's all you've got to do. Grace is a gift that you've got to receive. You don't work for grace. You don't pay for grace. It's a free gift. You don't give to get grace. Oh, I'm giving for grace. Upon. No, you don't give for grace. The moment you start giving for grace, it's no more grace. Is anybody getting what I'm saying this morning? The moment you start giving to get a certain Grace, it means it's no longer grace because grace is free. The only reason grace is free to us is because of what Jesus did. So we can say grace is expensive. To God it was. 
because he had to pay for grace in a sense with the precious blood of Jesus. So we can say grace is priceless. Somebody paid for it. But to us it's free. Come on now say amen. amen. You know it's like somebody coming to your birthday. I'm sorry if I use this example. But maybe some of you can relate to this better. But this example does not do justice to grace. On your birthday or your special occasion like pastors Hamdi and Layla. They shall be celebrating their anniversary and pastor Layla's birthday. Now let's look at this. You come with a gift. A very good gift. And you say to the celebrant, I love you. And I want to bless you. And you give the celebrant a very good gift. It cost you. Because you paid for it. But to them it's free. See the fact that it's free to them does not mean it's free. <laughs> Somebody paid something huge for it. To us grace is free. But to God, grace is priceless. Oh my God. The blood of Jesus was shed for this grace to be released. That is the reason why the moment someone starts talking about doing something for grace, grace loses its meaning. Because grace is not something you work for. It's not something you pay for. It's not something you sow a special seed for. Grace has been purchased by the priceless blood of Jesus. We come in faith and receive it. Come on now, say praise God. So this is priceless. You can't put a price tag on grace. By grace. Everyone say by grace. I have been saved. It's by grace. And can I also tell you. Everything you would enjoy as a Christian. Comes by grace. Come on now say praise God. Everything you will enjoy as a Christian. Comes by grace. But let me also add. That grace. Can be frustrated. You can frustrate grace. In other words. You can stop grace from working. Paul said. I worked harder. Than all the apostles. That were before me. And then he went further to say. But it was not me. It was the grace of God. He said. I did not frustrate the grace that was upon my life. You've got to learn how to cooperate with grace. You've got to learn how to apply grace. You've got to learn how to release grace. You've got to learn how to enjoy God's grace. Can someone say praise God? Tell somebody enjoy the grace of God. Come on, enjoy the grace of God. Listen, it's a season to enjoy God's grace. You've got to enjoy grace. It's undeserved favor. Come on now, say amen. amen. You've been saved by grace. You leave 
Every single day of your life, enjoying the grace of God. I'm telling you, you've got to wake up in the morning, lift up your hand and say, Lord, I receive grace for today. Can someone say praise the Lord? Come on now, say praise the Lord. So he gave us the life of Christ himself. The life of Christ. Everyone say the life of Christ. We've got to live the life of Christ. The life of Christ is supreme life. You know the word supreme means highest in rank. Highest in authority. It means the greatest. That is what supreme means. So the life of Christ is supreme life. It means highest in rank and in authority. And it is the greatest life. Come on now, say amen. amen. The life of Christ is ultimate life. <laughs> no life compares to the life of Jesus. It is supreme life. It is it's the greatest life. It is ultimate life. The Bible says, He that hath the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. The life of Christ is not just supreme life. The life of Christ is ultimate life. Everyone say ultimate life. The life of Christ is eternal life. This is not just life on earth. But it is life that continues the day you close your eyes on this side of eternity. Can I tell you something? This life does not cease. It's eternal. I said it's eternal. I said it's eternal. The day will come when you will close your eyes on this side of eternity. But you will open your eyes on the other side of eternity. This life continues. This life does not end. The life of Christ is eternal life. Come on now say praise God. And I am a big believer. That the day is coming when we will cross over to the other side. John chapter 14. Jesus said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my father's house. Are many mansions. I go to prepare you a place. And if I go prepare you a place, I will come back and receive you to myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Come on now, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Even when he sat with them at communion, he said to them, I will not eat of this and drink of this with you anymore. Until we do it in my father's kingdom. So we know that the day is coming when we shall sit with Jesus again. And we shall partake of communion together. And I'm telling you, you shall see his face and he shall see your face. Come on now, give the Lord praise and glory in the house. Hallelujah. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. The life that we have been given is eternal. If you haven't received eternal life, the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I know this is a very simple message, but the gospel is simple. The gospel is not complicated. The complicated does not produce. It is a simple that produces. You have eternal life if you are a born again believer here today. The very life of Christ resides on the inside of the born again Christian. Can someone say amen? amen. He that hath the son has life. Amen. I've got life. I said I've got life. I said I've got life. Tell somebody I've got life. I've got the life of Christ. I've got the life. The very life of Christ is in me. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The life of Christ is abundant life. The life of Christ is abundant life. See, it's not just eternal life. It is abundant life too. Quality. And quantity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some people say I prefer quality over quantity. In this case, I prefer the two. Come on now, say amen. amen. Eternal life. Say eternal life. Amen. Abundant life. Amen. amen. Come on now, say praise God. Praise He's God. giving you eternal life and He's giving you abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe abundant life comes with salvation. Come on now. I believe that a believer carries the abundant life of God on the inside of him or her. And this abundant life that you carry on the inside will begin to affect your environment. It will begin to affect the way you live. It will begin to affect your relationships. Come on now say amen. amen. You see, God does not just want you to come to heaven when you close your eyes here. But he wants you to live the life that Christ lived when he was here. Mm. You see what I'm saying now? Jesus did not wait to die and resurrect before he started acting in dominion. No, he didn't. He was in absolute authority when he was on earth. He was always displaying the glory of the kingdom of God. That is abundant life. Can someone say praise God? So it's not just qual quantity, but there's quality. But it's both. Come on now, say amen. amen. There is quality of life that you carry in your spirit. And this is where I need to emphasize. This life is in the spirit. This life is where? In the spirit. But we've got to know how to appropriate this life that has been given to us. It's in the spirit. You see, when you were born again, you were born again in the spirit. Notice, even your soul did not change, did it? No, your soul didn't change. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
Your soul didn't change. Your soul has been progressively changing. I discovered that the problem with many Christians is the soul. And because they have not allowed the word of God to change them in the soul, the abundant life in them does not come out. Because the soul is where the battle takes place. The soul is where the lies take place. Takes place. The soul, it is in the soul, that's where you have the challenge. It is in the mind. That is why the Bible admonishes us to notice what it says in Colossians chapter 3. If ye have been raised with Christ, seek those things. Which are above? Which are where? See, because you come from above. Our text says to us that he raised us up together. He quickened us and gave us the life of Christ. The life of Christ is a heavenly life. The life of Christ is not the low life. It's the high life. All right? So Colossians 3 verse 1 says, if you have been raised with Christ. If you have been what? Raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you are dead and your life is hid in Christ. Say with me, I'm dead. You know what that means? The old is gone. The new has come. That's what it means. You are dead. You are dead. Christ is living now. You, you, it's not you. It's Christ. Christ in me, hope of glory. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. You are dead. Christ is the one living in you. But the problem is, your mind keeps telling you you are the one living. And as long as your mind continues to lie to you, and you continue to believe that lie, you cannot see the very life of Christ come forth. You are dead. You are dead. Consider yourself dead. Galatians 2.20, what does it say? I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified. In other words, when they nailed Jesus on the tree, they nailed me with him. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that live in me. Now, if it says I have been crucified with Christ... It means the old is gone. It is no more this man that's living. It is Christ that's living through me. But the mind keeps telling us that we are the ones living. That's why you hear people say, it is my life. I've got news for you. It's not your life. 
That is the lie of the devil. Many of you keep saying, it's my body. It's my life. I can do whatever I want with it. I've got to tell you this morning. It's not your body. It's not your life. It is not your money. It is not your house. Nothing belongs to you. Everything that you are going through today belongs to Jesus. Whether it is good, whether it is bad. The problem is many don't overcome the bad because they are still dealing with it as you. When you learn to deal with it as Jesus, you will see the problems will fade away. Because when problems come in contact with the power of God, they fade away. They cannot withstand God when you introduce them to God. You keep dealing with them as a man. You keep dealing with them as John. You keep dealing with them as Thomas. You keep dealing with them as Teresa. You keep dealing with them as Hope. You keep dealing with them as whoever you are today. But I want you to know it is time to understand Hope is dead. Chica is dead. Larissa is dead. Whatever your name is, Priscilla is dead. Uh, what's your name? Dead. Kaput. You're gone. You're dead. It's not you that's alive. It is Jesus that's alive. Let Jesus live the life through you. And when Jesus lives the life through you, Jesus will dominate the problems. Jesus will dominate poverty. Jesus will dominate sickness and disease. Jesus will dominate all the activities of darkness. There is nothing that came against Jesus that defeated Jesus. Every demonic activity, he sent them away. By his word, every sickness and disease he destroyed by his word. Nothing can withstand the power of Jesus. If only you will let Jesus live through you, then you would see how your life will begin to operate at a whole new place. Because that is the very life that you have been called to live. Can someone put your hands together and give him praise and give him glory in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have this life now. By virtue of being in Christ. Therefore the authority that we operate in today. Is not lesser than the authority that Jesus walked in. When he was here on earth. The things he did. We can do. Oh that amen needs prayer. I said the things Jesus did, we can do. John 14 verse number 12. What did Jesus say? He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he also do. And he will do even greater because I go back to my father. Come on now say amen. amen. Go in my name. Cast out devils. Go in my name. Heal the sick. Go in my name. Lay hands on lepers. You know, back in the day, people did not want to have anything to do with lepers. Just like they don't want people to have anything to do with anyone that catches coronavirus. Uh, back in the day, they say, isolate everyone that has leprosy. Nobody wanted to touch them. Nobody wanted to mingle with them. Because if you did, it would jump on you. And leprosy was so terrible. In actual fact, in the Bible, leprosy is synonymous to sin. And so God said, if anyone had leprosy, you know, that's what they did to them. They put them away. When, when, when uh, Miriam was struck with leprosy, what did God say to Moses to do? God said, put her outside the camp. 
put her away from the congregation of Israel. Because leprosy is contagious. And so people would not want to touch you because you had leprosy. But when Jesus came, when Jesus showed up, Jesus began to touch people with leprosy. Why? Because he was life himself. No, you see, when life comes in contact with death, death must give way. It, 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 death does not influence life. Death does not affect life. Death does not touch life. When life touches death, death must give way. And so Jesus noticed the man came and said, Master, if it is your will, you can heal me. Jesus said, it is my will. He did not, from a distance, you have a, something like a stick. Um, be healed. No, Jesus did not do that. No, Jesus, with his hands, touched the man with leprosy. And the Bible says he cleansed the man. Cleansed the man. You know the thing about leprosy? When people had leprosy, their hands and nose and ears, body parts just begin to fall off. Toes begin to fall off. So, that's true. The thing about Jesus is he did not just heal them. He restored them. He did not just heal them, he restored them. Can someone say praise God? And see, he has told us to do the same things he did. The works I do, you shall do. Why is the church not doing what Jesus did? We are all going to grow in this thing. I'm telling you. I preach it. I'm going to grow in it too. Because the thing about the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews. Right, the word of God is sharper than two edges sword. You're preaching it. It's also cutting through you. Notice it's not the one sided sword. It's a double sided sword. It's just cutting through the one preaching it through. It's two edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Can someone say praise God? Praise we God. all must grow. We, we, listen, we're going to put pressure and we're going to grow in this. Amen. What puts people down should not put us down. Amen. What inflicts people should not inflict us. Amen. Come on now, say amen. He said, touch them, heal them, cast out devils. Last week, I remember my message, 10, 10 things to know about evil spirits. You need to go listen to that message. But we've been given authority. It's time to stop running scared. It's time for some of you to stop worshiping Satan. I know you don't understand what that means. Some of you do. Some of you will before Christmas. No, you will understand it now. Let me tell you how people worship the devil. 
when you talk too much about him and what he does. We are not ignorant that there is a devil. We're not ignorant that there are demons. But we are aware of the authority we've been given. Especially when you come from I didn't say anything. Why are you laughing? I didn't even finish my statement. But I'm sure you know what I'm about to say. Especially when you come from some of the places that we came from. Where you see the devil under every tree. You see the devil, the devil did this, the devil did that. I heard the story of this man of God who saw a vision. In his vision, he saw the devil was crying. Satan was weeping and and in the vision satan was crying and complaining to god do you know what he was saying he said god why is it that they blame me for everything they do even when i'm not guilty in actual fact there are some things that you do that has nothing to do with the devil and I can guarantee you, the biggest problem of the believer, it's not the devil, it's the flesh. A lot of times people yield to the flesh and blame Satan. Satan made me. You heard the story of the man who was struggling with alcohol? Who went to his pastor and said, Pastor, I have a problem with drinking alcohol. I want to overcome this. And the pastor said, the next time you feel tempted... Say these words. Satan, get thee behind me. So he got the message. So the following Sunday, he goes to church. And he says, Pastor, I have to tell you what happened. Pastor said, what happened? He said, you remember last week you told me to tell the devil to get behind me whenever I get tempted to drink? He said, yeah. What happened? He said, well, I, I was walking along the street. And I looked over there and I saw this place where people go drink beer. And, and as I was walking by the place, I heard this voice telling me to go get a drink, to go take a drink. And, and, and I remembered your advice. So I said, Satan, get thee behind me. And he got behind me and pushed me into the place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. So Satan got behind him and pushed him in. You see, people just have a way of not taking responsibility for what they do. They blame the devil for everything. You must have heard the story of the young man who was sitting on the bus. She was sitting on the bus and she was right in the middle of two ladies. The lady on the, on the right was this. Yeah. Big. She's not pretty. On the left is this pretty, slim-looking, pretty young lady. And so the bus driver was driving, and when he swerves, the man, the young man, leans on this. <laughs> and when he, 
when he leans on her, he says, lead me not into temptation. That's what he said. And, and the bus driver keeps moving, and he swerves again, and he leans on this pretty woman, pretty young lady, and he said, Lord, let your will be done. One more story. <laughs> no, the 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 story or the stories I just gave you. The lesson we get from the story, it's to take responsibility. Tell your neighbor, take responsibility. The life of Christ is in you. Let this life flow. And I, I believe with all of my heart, the first thing you need to do is to come to terms with it. I have the life of Christ. It's in me. You know, maybe you just have to talk about it to yourself for the next couple of weeks until you realize it. I have the life of Christ in me. I heard a great man of God when he was talking about how when people will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and Jesus will show them Look, look at all you would have got if only you understood. Look at all you would have achieved if only you knew. The time of ignorance is over. Everything that you have been placed on earth to accomplish, you shall only accomplish by the very life of Christ that is in you. And someone said, praise God. Say it with me. I have the life of Christ in me. So renewing the way we think. You see, the mind is so important. Say it with me. The mind is important. Now, this is a very important aspect of your composition. The mind is important. That is the battleground. What does the devil do with the mind? He puts doubt and unbelief in the, in the mind. He puts fear in the mind. You have this amazing life in you. But the mind stops you. It's time to realize that you are a child of God. It's time to realize that you have the same virtues as Christ. It's time to realize that the same ability that Christ had, you have today. And when I say he had, I'm talking about when he was here on earth. 
the things he did, you can do. Come on now, say praise God. Take a look at the life that Christ lived. And to see the life that Christ lived, you have to go study the Gospels. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I run you through some of these things. And you know that we preached with some of them. Or all of them, really. Fed 5,000. Jesus fed 5,000 with only five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus walked on water. Pastor God will, after the service, I will go cross. Uh, I, will, I will step out and I will go cross over the Bosphorus. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus operated under the anointing daily. Once a week, once a month, daily. And I added this to my list today. Jesus loved people genuinely. You see, all the works of power, all the works of prophecy, all these miracles. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, even if you talk to God and you have the language of angels, if you don't have genuine love, you are Nothing. They asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? He said, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. He said, the second is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, upon this two, Is the law and the prophet. Upon these two. Everything is upon these two. See, love is, the lo love is so important. And I'm talking about the love of God. You see, and when you have the love of God in you, it, it just, the way you are disposed to people is different. And the gifts of the Spirit will flow through you in such a pure way. So it is possible based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to not operate in love yet operate in the gifts. Are you listening to me? Though you give your body to be burned, though you give everything you have, but you don't have love, you are nothing. The love of Christ is in us. Can someone say amen? amen. Praise God. 